Hi, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the 21st episode of Wear Many Hats, um, the podcast that um, is here to develop and bring forward the new leaders and um, also new professionals within the industry. Today, I'm really excited to be joined by Chris Ogier, um, the head of facilities at the English National Opera. Hello, Chris. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Absolute pleasure to have you here today. Yeah, Did thank you, come... you for having me. No, that's all right. Did you come far? Uh, no, just around the corner. Just oh, even better. Fifteen minute walk. Oh, brilliant, good stuff. I can tell you fit. Um, you were talking about fitness <laughs> earlier on, so that's probably no challenge for you. Um, are you happy to get straight into the um, questions? Yeah, let's crack on. Fantastic. Okay, so I guess obviously we were chatting prior to the podcast. Told us a little bit about your career journey. Mm -hmm. um, some really interesting things there, especially your transition from the armed forces. Um, could you tell us a little bit about that transition, how you found it, and what what tips you would give to people that were doing a similar thing? Yes. So uh, I was in the parachute regiment for for seven years, um, and and like a, a lot of young servicemen. Um, you're coming to the end of your career and you're just trying to figure out what you're doing. Um, there was, it was no different for me. Um, I had one idea. Um, I wanted to get out and do close protection and make an absolute bucket of cash. Yeah. Um, you get out, um, you can't find the connections or the contracts. Um, so you have to start looking for other work. Yeah. Uh, and of course I had my SIA badge. So, uh, the SIA badge is, uh, is the, is the legal, uh, license that you need to carry out security yep um and yeah uh so i started looking for uh, for secure security jobs and it was surprisingly difficult i you know i had a great great cv or what i would have fought for security yeah um it took a good six months before i got a security gig right um and even then it was it was nothing exciting yeah um yeah, my, my my first job I think was uh, just standing to attention in a right. in a in a law firm uh, reception. Um, I was fresh to London, so I didn't really understand London people. Yeah, and all of a sudden I'm in a empty reception where people aren't saying hello or yeah. sort of greeting you, and you know you're fresh out of the army, you're enthusiastic, you want to yeah. meet people, talk to people, and uh, yeah, it was. Inspiring. You know, it was really deflating. Yeah. Um, so after a couple of uh, dull security gigs, um, I got in with a very good company um, and they started giving me more and more work. Um, right. And I saw more, more, more and more of London. Right. Um, and within that, um, I was working in all vast different buildings. Mm. Um, and after putting in... Um, a good year and a half of uh, graft, um, yep. doing 12-hour shifts back-to-back. -back. You know, I think my record was 21 days straight. Wow. Because um, I, I was – I wasn't – I was what they called a bench team, mm. um, which meant you just filled the gaps. So a relief officer. Yeah, a relief right, officer. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, even with, you know, my great CV of being ex-forces, yeah. um, I still didn't have a, a proper – position in a building wow. um and yeah i was just floating around london yeah uh, and i did that for about 18 months two years and then um did you learn quite a bit doing that chris because obviously i'm guessing you met different people different yeah yeah you, and... you you learn an awful lot you you learn london very quickly mm. yeah <laughs> yeah 
Um, I think I and all its quirks and all its quirks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm uh, I'm a Guernsey boy, right? Um, so uh, Guernsey is very different to London. Yeah, uh, I'm from North Yorkshire, so I can, yeah, I completely understand. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a small town mentality. Yeah. Um, and when I was in the forces, I was in Colchester, which right. is also you know relatively speaking to London, it's very yeah. small. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a it was a culture shock, but I learned a lot of things. Um, saw a lot of people. Um. And within getting around, I sort of recognised what a, a facilities manager was and yep. what a building manager was. Uh, um, uh, and when I was a security manager, um, I uh, had the opportunity to work close to the building manager who was a, a very inspirational, um, recognised that uh, she could see potential with, mm. within me. Right. Um, she put me forward to... Uh, a uh, a level three apprenticeship scheme at the time yeah so Uh, sometimes that's all it takes isn't it for somebody to believe in you someone to see it yeah um because how i got the job was um i was just a relief guard on her site and um i think we bumped into each other in the canteen yeah and uh we just had a bit of a chat um and yeah she, she she likes me sort of saw something in me and she rang up the contracts manager and said i've got this position yeah can you send chris along for an interview right um and i I think you know the so to bring me sort of back to what you originally saying, sort of what would i advise people leaving the army yeah yeah. um you got to stay positive yeah Uh, it's it's not easy um stay positive do your research Try to search your soul on really what you want to do. Yeah. Um, and just don't be disheartened from starting from the bottom. Yeah. Because um, it's always going to be hard. Um, I think uh, a good skill uh, or a recommendation would be probably get a professional, sort of me looking back. If you can get a professional to sit down with you, focus on your CV, write your CV, so focus on your transferable skills. Yeah. Um, because there's a lot of things within the military which is good for uh, facilities. Of course, yeah. You know, it's essentially its own little um, organisation. Um, and within that organisation, you know, you've got everything that is transferable for facilities. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah. So, uh, so there I am, just a, a young twenty-eight-year-old now, sort yeah. of uh, as a security manager. I've just taken over um, some old guy that's uh, went for retirement. Right. Um, well, congratulations, twenty-eight. That's a great achievement. Yeah, yeah. You the know. contract manager at the time, he did say you're the youngest security manager I've put through. Fantastic. Uh, and and yeah. So so with that, I've always been technical-minded. Mm. Um, it was a being a security manager really taught me how to manage the people um, and sort of the soft service side of things. Would you say that was a skill that was lacking until you took on that role as security manager? It, it, I was, yeah, I mean, coming straight out of the paras, I was a little bit pig headed, yeah. right? A little bit boisterous. Yeah. Uh, every other word had an F in it. Right. Um, and yeah, you can't talk to 
people like that in a corporate environment, no, no. whether they're security or, or anybody. Um, so I had a couple of warnings um, yeah. <laughs> when, I, when, I was, when I was a bit younger. Transitional period, Chris. Yeah, That's what it was. Yeah, it was a yeah. transitional period. Just uh, yeah, just 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 polishing up the rock, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so that's great, and you know, thank you for the advice, you know, to people who are leaving the army because I think that 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 really is important, you know, that they that they know how to develop that pathway into a career in in, in the civilian arena. Um, so, how did you transition from security manager into? that facilities management role and then obviously later on to head of facilities at yeah. um, your current position. Yeah, so the building where I was a security manager at, uh, it had a big question mark above it. They weren't sure what they wanted to do with the building, whether they wanted to knock it down, give it a cosmetic refurb or yeah. uh, you know, a more in-depth refurb. Um, and with that, I sort of sat back and I thought, right, this, this is my time, I need to... Need, yeah. a, need a break right um so i buggered off to thailand for eight months became a scuba diving instructor oh really <laughs> right okay fair enough that was a bit of a swerve yeah so that was um so i did that um which was incredible um anybody if the, if they have the opportunity to to sort of get away and save their money save the money up and get away for a year i'd definitely recommend and become it. a scuba diving instructor in thailand yeah, yeah you know just just getting away from from yeah, the uk yeah, yeah. having a having a gap year yeah um because i hadn't really taken any breaks like that you know throughout my whole 20s yeah, like of course, straight, yeah. straight out of school into into work then joining yeah. in the army yeah um so yeah no it was really good for me and i came back um to the uk uh, i moved to birmingham to right. be close to my mum yeah uh, and from that point, you know, with my uh, my my new uh, apprenticeship qualification in facilities management, uh, I started adjusting my CV mm. um, uh, and sort of rewording it and sort of making it more relatable to facilities. Yep. Um, and with that, I was lucky enough to to get my first job um, as a manager at um, secondary school. Oh wow! Yeah. Uh, it was covering, um, yeah, another very old guy that, yeah. that was uh, comes to the end of his uh, retirement. Right. Um, it was it was an incredible experience um, because it's it's educational. Well, it's because it's in education. Um, yeah. The compliance side of it is through the roof. I imagine it's very demanding. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the company I worked for, it was a PFI contract. Right. Um, so you're answering to, there's, there's a lot of uh, key stakeholders that, that you, you've got to answer to. Okay. Um, uh, and the company that I was working for, um, they're one of the oldest companies in the industry. Right. Um, so it, they their strict orders and everything yes. like that. Um, when I started working, I think we had a pre-audit and it came in around 60%. Right. Um, uh, long story short, I ended up being part of the two secondary schools in the space of six months. Right. Uh, so you took on a second school? Yeah. Oh, right, okay. Uh, wow. well, the um, So the guy who I was covering, because oh, I was only supposed to be there on agency, Mm. Uh, the guy I was covering came back. Um, so they said, oh, we really like you. Um, and 
coincidentally, there was another agency person covering a, another secondary school. Mm. Um, she left. Right. Um, so then I started working there. Uh, and then the other guy went sick again. Yeah. So then I was floating between two schools um, right. in the space of, uh, yeah, six months. And how, how many ch- students were in those two schools? I've interest. I have no idea. No it idea. was... The, the, I think it was seven fifty and nine hundred. Wow, so it's a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's quite quite big schools. Um, and anyway, yes. So I had these audits been taking place, and remember, I was this, this is my first ever job. I didn't really the first job in facilities. I didn't really understand all the compliance stuff, even though I'd been the security manager, yeah. dealing with all contractors and sort of overseeing some stuff. Yeah. Um, but I didn't know the, the depth of the compliance. Um, both audits uh, were completed at over 95%. So, oh, well done. Yeah, I was, I was pretty chuffed with that. So you took on Richard Branson's mantra of no matter what, if it's offered, just say yes. Just and say then figure yes. out how to do it later. Well, that's pretty much how I got on this podcast. <laughs> Hey, you're not the first one. That's how I ended up being ice quiz. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Okay, so obviously, you know, moving away from the schools, you know, you're now in this new role. So tell us a little bit about your, because it's obviously you've gone one up from facilities manager now, you're now head of facilities. Yeah, so uh, when, um, when I was uh, in, in, in the schools, um my partner at the time was in uh, New Zealand. Right. Um, know it well. Lived there for eight years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So she's she's uh, locally. She's got a New Zealand passport, so she's right. a Kiwi. Yeah. Uh, she went over there, um, but unfortunately, COVID hit. Right. Yeah. Um, she was able to get back to the UK before yeah. everything shut down because you know she was missing me. Oh yeah, well, obviously. Yeah, she can stay um, with. <laughs> but. Um, we we were living up in uh, Wolverhampton, which right. is close to Birmingham. Yeah, um, I think she was there for a couple of seconds before she said, "We are not staying around here." <laughs> right. Okay. Fair enough. So, in the middle of COVID, um, we uh, pop smoke, and I managed to get. Uh, I think, yeah, I, 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 no, yeah, moved to London without a job in the middle of COVID. Right. Uh, and managed to get a, a job, a very well-known uh, dog charity. Yes, I know it. Another one you're talking about. Yeah, um, which was an absolute eye-opener. Yeah, uh, there I was uh, uh, the facilities team leader. Yeah, and I was there for um, oh crikey, I think it's about eighteen months. Right, eighteen months to two years. Yep, um, and. I, I, I wanted more. Yeah. Um, and um, so I started looking and, um, yeah, um, I took the, the the job that came to me as facilities manager. Um, I was really excited for that. Yeah. Um, and with, uh, within the space of a year. And I this went, is obviously, so, sorry, this is obviously at the um, English National Opera. English National Opera, yeah. Yeah, which, which is quite a grandiose. It, it is, yeah. yeah. Um, you know the the Coliseum is a Grade Two listed building. Yeah, it's it's the biggest uh, theatre in, the biggest seated theatre in in the West End. It's amazing, isn't it? It is, yeah. yeah. It's oh, such a beautiful building. Yeah. Um, is it haunted? 
<laughs> this, is, this is the second time I've had this conversation today. I, any building that's over 20 years old, I ask, is it haunted? No, so we, yeah, we were only talking about this this morning. Yeah. Um, so I Googled it and it is the, uh, it's in the top 20 uh, really? haunted theatres. Yes. So um, the wow. story that I read this morning was um, there was a group of guys who saw this, uh, this, uh, their friend yeah. going down the aisle. Uh, and this was World War One period. Yeah. Um, and then he just vanished. But really? what they later realized, that day he died in the trenches. And on his last day of leave, he yeah. was at the theater. Oh, the airs have stood up on the back of my neck. So, yeah, freaky. Yeah. Freaky yeah, it is. So, sorry, I am terrible. I apologize for that segue. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to your role as a head of facilities management at the yeah. um, National Opera. Yes, so I was... Um, yeah, I was facilities manager at the English National Opera. Yeah. And um, the head of facilities uh, uh, left in, in January. Right. And um, with uh, a couple of meetings, um, they uh, they promoted me to, to head. Brilliant. Well, congratulations. Thank you firstly. very much. Yeah. And how are you finding that role? It's it's challenging. Yeah. It's, um, you know, the, the rates of... Uh, how my career sort of rocketed upwards, um, I suppose. Um, it's been a very steep learning curve. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I've still got a lot to learn, but yep. um, I'm very open to learn. Uh, I think Shakespeare said something along the lines of uh, um, fools will think or brag that they're smart and yeah. smart people will believe they're fools. Yes. Um, so, you every, know. Every day is a school day. Yeah, every say. day is a school day. Yeah. Oh, um, that's brilliant. Yeah. All right, Chris, well, listen, thank you. That That's absolutely great. I'm going to have to move on to some of the questions now because we've we've, we've digressed somewhat. <laughs> uh, but that's just because of your incredibly interesting journey. So thank you for that. Um, so obviously, um, you know, what advice would you give to someone who is interested in starting a career in facilities management, you know, what would your view be for them? You've got to be curious. Yeah. You've got, you know, you're never going to know everything. Yep. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Um, Surround yourself with positive people who are intellectual sort of above you. Yeah. Um, You know, what's the saying? It's uh, iron sharpens iron. Very true. Um, Yes. You know, and um, yeah, always be curious always always ask those questions you know yeah you're going to be in situations where you're asked to put a project together or you know even a small job and you're just like crikey what's what's that yeah um so you you can either be one of two people you can just relay information to a contractor and say can you quote for xyz yeah um but of course you need to understand, you know, if you're to do your due diligence properly, you need to understand what the job is. Yeah. Um, and to make sure no contractors pulling the wool over your eyes. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Always ask questions, always be curious, and always just put yourself sort of out there. Oh, fantastic. Brilliant. Cheers. So on, on to a bit of a um, an intro. I, I always like this question, you know. what, what Where do you see artificial intelligence playing a role in facilities management? Wow. Yeah. I mean, cut the the rate it's it's rocketing. Uh, yeah. What can it do? Exactly. The sky's the limit. It, it, you know, it's 
it could, it'll be able to do absolutely anything. Uh, I'm not saying that it would have robots carrying out labour in the next 20 years. Um, well, I hope not. <laughs> may, 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 maybe the next 100. But we'll, we'll all be retired. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I was watching a, a video of Google. Uh, it was a Google demonstration the other day. Uh, and um, it was a Google assistant ringing a hair salon and booking an appointment in for what she said was her client, but it was obviously just her phone user. Um, and the speech on this AI was incredible. You know, really? uh, first she asked for 12 o'clock, the hairdresser came in, oh, no, but I could do um, two or three. You know, the AI sort of very realistically stops, goes, um, what about anything before 12? Um, and just carried on the conversation and just booked it in. Um, so to relate that to facilities, you know, um, you could have a an engineer, he could have a, a task on his on his iPad, iPhone. Yeah, he could be working on an AHU uh, and say, you know, you need a couple of new switches here and there. He just pushes job complete, record, recommended parts. Yeah, the AI might be able to pick that up, go to your your free top suppliers, ring them up simultaneously, yeah, find the cheapest part or the one that's got the quickest lead time yeah and it's being sent to you and i don't think that's really that far out there after listening to this google ai booking a booking a hair appointment yeah (laughs) i mean do you also think that 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 kind of technology could take over for help desk provisions for example yeah you know where, where you're not talking to a person who's booking in for example, the lift servicing or, uh-huh. you know, it's actually AI doing the booking, managing the diary. It's not an individual. Is that something that you think is up there? Yeah, 100%. I mean, there's, you know, there's there's CAFM systems out there yeah. which can pretty much do that, but it's all in text. But yeah. just having that that verbal communication is just that one step further. Yeah. Um, you know, there's CAFM systems out there that will uh, – pick words out of a help desk job yeah. and give it to the most suited uh, engineer. So, you know, right. the, it'll pick out toilet, pipes, whatever, and it'll just it'll go straight to the, the plumber that you got on shifts. You know, there's CAFM systems that can uh, that can read the rosters. Yeah. Um, so you'll be able to find what plumber, what what time he's on and just – from that job i never thought about that you know that's to be fair you're the first person that's yeah. come up with that kind of response um so we're already there we're, yeah yeah <laughs> I, I think it's I, I don't think we actually have a good grasp on how far it's already gone i, I really don't and i think yeah. i actually watched a program you, you'll probably be quite interested in this being um, an ex-para but i watched a program yesterday on netflix called it's called untold the series right and it was talking about um ai and robotics and how that will impact war and things like that and what they'll be able to do with it in terms of you know fighter jets that aren't manned you yeah, know it's yeah, just yeah. literally ais but what they'll be able to do because there's no men or no human beings or anything like that flying these aircraft mm. they'll be able to just build thousands of them oh, so but, the, yeah. the new the new weapon to be scared of is swarms of fighter jets just attacking whoever they want to so you know what it can do is just amazing you know it's crazy yeah i mean they've they've already got fightless jets yeah. 
you know, it's just, they're called drones. Drone, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. so again, it's it's just the same sort of thing, but just slight, looks slightly different. <laughs> yeah, because it's machine learning now, isn't it? Yeah. That's, that's what I saw on there, because the AIs of the past, mm. they didn't have the capacity to learn. Everything had to be plumbed into it. Whereas now, because of machine learning, it can learn as it goes, and it gets yeah. better and better and better, and it's going to impact every element of our lives. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I was listening to uh, another podcast, actually, and they were talking about AI, yeah, uh, and it was sort of uh, around uh, this chat, chat GPT, yeah. Um, and he, he said, you know, you don't have to worry about it being so much self-learning. It's very much like a, a puppy, and yes, it's, and it's here to sort of please you. And um, that's quite an interesting analogy. Yeah, it's here to please you. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's uh, so I think the self-learning is. I don't know. It's, it's scary to think of, isn't it? It is, yeah. Because self-learning, that's when they become self-conscious and we've all seen those films. Yeah, 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 yeah. The old T-1000 chasing you down the street. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah we, don't, we don't want don't that. Don't fancy that. Well, we probably won't be here anyway. Well, me, definitely. Maybe you might still be around, Chris, I don't know. <laughs> um, okay, brilliant. Um, so just sort of moving away from that and just talking about something that's quite um, pertinent, you know, across business at the minute, not just facilities management. Um, so how, how do you think that environmental, social and governance issues um, impact facilities management and the decisions made within facilities management? Yeah, I mean, obviously everything's financial, Yeah, you, you know. Um, there, there's, there's so many things... You, I mean, you can start the small scale of things and, and say how there's so many halogen light bulbs that are now being discontinued and yeah. they're coming off the shelf. So that's forcing uh, those buildings to now purchase LED, which is a good thing, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and you do make your, your money back. Yeah. But the initial payment's always, it's always quite high. You know? There's always a capex um, at the beginning, yeah. 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 Um, and then you've got the higher scale of things where everyone wants to be net zero. Uh, mm. All these buildings in London are going to aim to be net zero by 2030. Yeah. The electrical grid can't, can't, cope, with can't it. cope with that. Yeah. Um, and I've been told that with uh, projects that I've wanted to do and, yeah. and install um, ground source heat pumps. It's yeah. like, we can put it there, but the grid's not going to be able to support it. Yeah. Um, so where does that leave you? <laughs> it's a very good question. It really is. You yeah. know, it's a very good question. Where does it leave us? You know, how, how, yeah. how do we overcome that challenge without um, significant investment on new infrastructure? You know, and how do you do that in a place like London? You know, how, how does that, how does, how does that even manifest? That is crazy. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know if they're going to, you know, is there some uh, more tidal electric generation sort of things that they can put around in the Thames? I don't know. I don't know. We could always dig up Nikola Tesla. Yeah. You know, see, see, see what he has to say about it. I'll or ask the CIA to release the documents. I'll, I'll tell you what, though, I have been following this for years, and that's the super sewer that yeah. they want to put in the Thames. Really? Yeah. Have you not heard of it? No, no. What's that? Um, so. It was only on the news recently. I was, I've been I've been geeking out over this. So, oh, have you? No, go on then. Tell us all about it. So yes, so uh, the sewers in London. Yeah, yeah they're Victorian. Yeah, so, 18th and 19th century. Aren't yeah, they? yeah. So you know, back then, you know, there's probably a couple of thousand people living in London. Yeah. So obviously, what, what's the figures now in London? It's got to be it's like 10 million. 10 isn't million. It? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, you think 
So that's why we have such issues yeah. uh, when it rains or the sewage just overflow. You know, the Thames looks grey yeah. on the best of days. Yeah. Um. So yes. Yeah, so this has got to be going on for eight years now. Right. Um. And it's coming to close to an end, I think. Uh, and they're putting a super sewer in the Thames, which is going to clean out all of the Thames. Really. Uh, and it's going to bulletproof our sewage system, they reckon, for 200 years. Really? Yeah. Right. Um, and with that, um, they're talking about having, uh, you know, pubs that are on the, on, on the, on the Thames front. Uh, they could put up um, sort of, you, you know, what what they call the platforms that… Um, oh, the boys, the boys. The yeah, boobie, like the boy, the the boy platforms. Yeah, float, yeah, like floating piers and things like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. so basically you'll be able to put sort of uh, bathing areas outside these pubs, which will be a massive tourist attraction because the Thames is going to be that clean. Really? Yeah. It's, uh, I'm really, I'm, you know, it's going to be cool. Honestly? Yeah, yeah. Well, to be fair, it, create, it creates a whole new industry as well, I suppose. It does. Um, it was on the news the other day and I was a bit upset by it because it was the government blowing money if you ask me right um so you've got this 80 foot uh cylinder yeah running underground and the government spent an awful lot of money um putting this artificial garden down there only for a short amount of time so you had to get crane lifted down to drop into this massive tunnel to have a look at this artificial garden for a short amount of time, and and you know it was only really for people that for what purpose though? Why just just for show, just for, just for a bit of morale for people that knew it was even there. I, d- I don't really know the purpose of it, and that's why it just seemed like an absolute waste of money from the old gov. Yeah, <laughs> is, is this the is this the I think I saw something. Is this the sewer system where recently they had either an orchestra or somebody playing a a wooden instrument down there for its I, opening. I didn't see that, but yeah, it's probably yeah. it probably could be. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 to be fair, I'd, I glanced it, so I didn't read the article properly. But um, yeah. I think I saw something along those lines, and I saw about the Thames, but I didn't realise they were going to be able to swim in it and yeah, yeah, and all of those great things. Oh, interesting. Well, that's, yeah, so that's that's what I read. Uh, I started reading this. It's got to be eight years ago now. Right, okay. Um, so I've been kind of keeping an eye on it ever since. <laughs> you have, you're going to have to keep dropping me texts on that one. Yeah, yeah. Keep me updated with the um, with the outcome. Yeah, definitely. Okay, brilliant. Um, so um, how how important do you think the internet of things um, is becoming in facilities management? So, Yes, it's, it's, it's so important. Mm. Um, everything from water hygiene to... Yeah. Uh, customer experience you know you've got the water hygiene it could be you know you could be monitoring um the temperatures you could have automatic dosing devices um and then obviously uh you know all the sensors that are around the buildings um my building's pretty prehistoric um, <laughs> i and, like that description <laughs> uh, yeah and um so it's, it's, it's nothing compared to some of the smart buildings that you have out there. Yeah. Um, but these smart buildings, you know, they're, they're incredible. Um, yeah. And just keeping data, because, um, you know, without data, you can't necessarily, you don't know how to improve mm. your energy consumption if you don't have the data to back it up. So, yeah. you know, the IOTs um, that monitor everything, um it's, it's, it's very important, especially if you're to improve your building. 
Right. Okay. Um, okay. So, what are some of the common challenges that, that that you would face on a day daily, effectively, in facilities management? Is there anything that's what's, what's your biggest challenge in twenty twenty three? My biggest challenge. Yeah. Uh, at the minute, trying to lose some weight. <laughs> well, it's, it's inflation, isn't it? Inflation. Right. Hey, that's an interesting answer. Nobody's given us that yet. Yeah. Well, no, inflation is it's gone through the roof. Right. You know, you, you put your budget plan in twenty twenty two. You know, no one calculated this inflation. Yeah. So all budgets are suffering because no one's been able to counter, you know, yeah. account for it. Um, materials, labour, everything's gone through the roof. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I think materials uh, in 2021, um, in sort of mid-COVID, uh, materials on wood started just skyrocketing. Right. Um, and, yeah, inflation um contractors you know they don't like you know they will always say oh we'll hold this cost for 30 days yeah they, they don't even like doing that now yeah it's 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 you know it's ever changing um but you know you you worked on that challenge you, you shop around you use your charm you yeah. know you, you got to be a bit cheeky to get the best bang for your buck sometimes no without a doubt um but yeah, inflation is uh, it's, it's hard. Let's hope that the, the steps that are being taken will mean that inflation isn't a problem for a significant period of time. Yeah, I, and it comes I down. yeah, I, I think you know it was, it's it's crazy because you know in COVID people were closing because they weren't having customers in. Now they're closing because they can't pay rent. Yeah, or the energy bills, uh, or they can't do the necessary repairs. You know, you get your boiler serviced. Yeah. Um, or, or, or your gas cookers, and they say, "Well, you got all these remedials, yeah, and you're just stuck because you can't afford to repair yeah. them." You know, that's a very interesting point, actually, yeah. because you know, I think we forget sometimes that you know people, you know, across the economy, not just in facilities management, um, have had a double whammy. Really, you know, mm. we've gone straight from a you know the the pandemic, which was a significant crisis, into high inflation high interest rates and things like that, which is another significant crisis. So we've gone from one straight into the other. So yeah, the yeah. impact on business, um, you know, is clearly significant. Okay, brilliant. Yeah, I, I keep on uh, replaying that meme in my head of uh, you've you've got like uh, 2022 and then 2023 is like, oh, my beer, you know. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Watch me top Trump that. Yeah, it's true. True story. True yeah. story. At least we're not locked in the house this time. Well, that's yeah, the, yeah, that's, that's it. That's freedom. Yeah, freedom. <laughs> okay. um, what do you think the biggest opportunities and challenges are in facilities management over the next five years? Again, it's it's AI. Yeah. Um, it's the biggest opportunity and the biggest challenge. Uh, you got to be flexible. You got to go. You got to roll with it, or you're going to end up like blockbusters. <laughs> and uh, uh, and yeah, and be screwed. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 all going in that direction. You know, it's the technology trend and yeah. the environmental and sustainability trends yeah. that are just gonna. Absolutely, you know, it's going to, going to come in fast and aggressive and you've got to be with it or you're going to get left in the dust. Yeah, you've got to have that ability to be yeah. dynamic and flexible and, and move quickly, yeah. I suppose. Okay, really great. So let's let's go, move on to you a little bit now. We've talked about the industry for a period of time. So what are the, some of the greatest, what are some of your greatest achievements in your career in facilities management? Um, I mean, like I mentioned earlier, uh, making head of facilities, Yep. For the English National Opera, 
Um, that's, that's by far the, the greatest achievement. Um, getting my first facilities job, mm. jumping from security um, and getting into facilities. Um, it wasn't easy. Uh, you know, if I was to advise um, to anybody as well as being curious, you know, you've got to be persistent. Yeah. Um, I think at the time, while I was trying to get a, a job in facilities, I was uh, cutting around uh, Solly Hole in right. Birmingham on yeah. uh, on Saturday and Sunday nights uh, with my Kevlar vest on, yeah. um, escorting people who were being kicked out of pubs. Right, you okay. know, so yeah. you, you're doing that so you can pay the bills. Yeah, but if if you're having a full time job. We're trying to look for the the job that you want. Yeah, uh, it's that's that becomes a very hard uh, thing to juggle. So you just gotta, you know, you gotta do enough to pay the bills, but also focus on on really where you want to get to. Yeah. So that persistence, yeah is, yeah, is is a key element to 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 how you found success throughout your career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's it. Um, so yes, yeah, so that was yeah. Getting into facilities is is a big a, a big gold star. Yeah, uh, and then obviously becoming head of facilities for an excellent organisation like ENO. Yeah, well done, well done. Okay, so conversely, any regrets in facilities management? Anything you want to? Is there anything you can't tell us? Or, you know? No, strangely, I don't have any regrets. Right, uh, I've been incredibly lucky. Um, people have called me crazy. Um, you know, when I was up in Wolverhampton, I had a, a good, secure job. Uh, and they they said you're crazy to move down to London uh, yeah. in the middle of COVID. Um, to be fair, that that is quite brave. <laughs> it was, you know, it is yeah. quite brave. Um, yeah. But you know, fortune favours the bold. Uh, very true. Very uh, true. Until it all goes wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Can't go wrong all the time. Yeah. Um, and yet, even when uh, when I moved to uh, London and, and and I had my job as a facilities team leader, and uh, and, and I moved moved from there. Um, you know, it, it was it was again it was it was quite bold. Yeah. Um, but I just felt that I could offer more. I, yeah. You know, I was being around other people. I really sort of thought I had, I had more to offer. I was I was getting my head around, you know, the systems and all the technical elements within yeah, in yeah. the buildings more than people that had been doing the job for twenty odd years. Right. Um, so yeah, so yeah, no regrets. Um, I mean, you know, I've still got many years in front of me. I'm sure there's going to be. Yeah, I'm sure there's. I'm sure there's, there's an opportunity for a few. To pop yeah, I'm going to. I'm going to stumble somewhere. That's for yeah. sure. <laughs> As we all do. None of us are infallible. Yeah. Um, none of us are infallible. Okay, that's brilliant. Listen, we've talked about everything work, um, which is great. So tell us a little bit about you. What what gives you pleasure outside of work or in work? You know, what do you like to do? Who is Chris? You know. Eating. Yeah. Yeah. Eating. Yeah. Love to eat. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. So do I, as you can probably tell. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, no comment. <laughs> I've lost the start half recently, Chris, so don't worry about it. I've, well I've, eased, off, I've eased off a little bit. <laughs> well done. Um, uh, yeah, I, I love cooking. Uh, I love uh, focusing on myself. Um, sort of. Uh, you know, trying to trying to be positive and always always pushing yourself. Yeah. Um, you know, I've I've got a, a wonderful wonderful girlfriend. Yep. Uh, who uh, you know, she's always 
me and her, we, we motivate each other. Yeah. Um, pushes you on. Pushes me Keeps on. Keeps you going, yeah. Yeah. You know, tells me, you know, if, if it wasn't for her, then I might not have pushed myself um, as hard as I have. Um, yeah. But, I mean, she's the type of girl. She uh, Last year she did um, positive psychology and coaching master, yeah. masters uh, while in full-time employment. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, she's definitely uh, worked uh, some of those coaching skills on on me. <laughs> yeah, well, behind every good person is a great partner, yeah, as they yeah, say. Definitely, that, that, that keeps you 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 moving forward. But yeah, no, um, yeah, eating, being active, yeah, uh, and just uh, just not taking life so seriously. Um, Brilliant, because I, th- I think a lot of people, you know, they they do they 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 do get weighed down by the little things. Yes, the minutia, the minutia, yeah. as they say. I, I, I said to someone the other day, I said, look, I think if everybody, if everybody got shot at a few times, they, they might not be so serious in, in everyday well, life. Yeah, yeah, to be fair, that's, that's, a, that's a fair analogy. You see life in a different perspective. Yeah. Hopefully that doesn't happen. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that would probably be a bad day, yeah. to be fair. But listen, Chris, thank you very, very much. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on our 21st episode of Wear Many Hats. All right, guys, listeners, that's everything for our 21st episode. Um, I'd like to thank Chris for coming on the show. Um, It's been incredibly interesting hearing about your journey from, um, obviously, the paratroopers all the way through to your current position as head of facilities. Um, Thank you very much for your time. It's been great having you. Yeah, thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure being here. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye.